0: To help you with this, I'll announce times, frequencies, and website addresses at the conclusion of each series of stories. At the website for this show, that's outfarpress.com, you can listen to the past five shortwave reports, find advice for listening to shortwave at home, and find internet links for global news sources. Please check it out and tell a friend. In today's edition, you'll hear reports from NHK Japan, Radio Havana Cuba, and Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. We will begin with NHK World Radio Japan. Parts of Japan have received snowfall breaking records for 24 hour periods, as has happened here in California. Japan plans to put its own astronauts on the moon by 2030. The Japanese Prime Minister, Kishida, will attend the upcoming United Nations Non-Proliferation Conference by video. Japan has compiled a $260 million plan to address reputational damage to industries after they begin releasing radioactively contaminated water from the Fukushima nuclear power plant into the Pacific Ocean. President Biden has signed the $770 billion defense bill, which now includes $7 billion for the Pacific Deterrence Initiative, and suggests inviting the Taiwan military to take part in a drill called Rim of the Pacific Exercise. Coal-fired power plants in the United States have increased output by 22% in 2021, the first increase since 2014. NHK Japan
1: A massive dump of snow is hitting the Sea of Japan coast, freezing travel. Japanese weather officials are urging people in some regions to stay home. The Japan Meteorological Agency says the persistent influx of cold air is at a level not seen in several years. Some areas in western Japan are experiencing record amounts of snow for a 24-hour period. Officials warn the snow is expected to gradually move east and continue falling on Tuesday. Japan plans to put its own astronauts on the moon in the latter half of this decade. The goal is part of the country's revised basic space policy announced on Tuesday. Space is a frontier that inspires our dreams and hopes. It is also an important foundation that supports our society from the viewpoint of economic security. Japan is a member of the U.S.-led Artemis program. It envisions building an outpost to orbit the moon and sending astronauts to the lunar surface. Japan's revised space policy includes cooperation between the public and private sectors to develop a manned lunar rover. Japan will also conduct research to develop technology for generating solar power in space. The government plans to create a network of small satellites orbiting Earth to monitor natural disasters even at night and in bad weather by the year 2025. Prime Minister Kishida says Japan will also work with the U.S., Australia and India in the field of space development. Japan's Prime Minister Kishida Fumio says he's considering addressing an upcoming conference on the Nuclear Non-Proliferation Treaty by video. The conference is set to start in New York on January 4th. Kishida pointed out to reporters the Omicron variant has been spreading fast over there.
2: More than half of the participating countries are switching to video speeches. Our country is also
3: considering how to take part, including
2: the possibility
1: of a video address. Kishida said he'll keep studying what format Japan should adopt based on the overall situation surrounding the conference. He noted the talks will last through late January and stressed the need to keep making efforts until an agreement is reached. Kishida had considered attending the conference in person. That would have made him the first Japanese prime minister to do so. Japan's government has compiled a plan to address any reputational damage to industries after water from a crippled nuclear plant is released into the ocean. The government's plan incorporates mid- to long-term measures for preventing reputational damage to local industries, especially fisheries. The government also aims to support the marketing of local fisheries products using a $260 million fund. U.S.
2: President Joe Biden has signed a major defense bill worth hundreds of billions of dollars. The increased military spending will put billions toward deterrence in the Indo-Pacific. Biden signed the National Defense Authorization Act into law on Monday. It authorizes almost $770 billion in defense spending in fiscal 2022. The bill provides an indication that the U.S. is seeking to counter China's military buildup. It includes just over $7 billion for the Pacific Deterrence Initiative, more than triple the amount in fiscal 2021. The act also includes a statement encouraging U.S. defense authorities to invite Taiwan to take part in a significant military drill. Taiwan's armed forces have never participated in the drill which is known as the rim of the Pacific exercise. An invitation would likely spark fierce opposition from China, which is wary of stronger military ties between the U.S. and Taiwan. Coal-fired power plants in the United States are projected to achieve their first increase in electrical output in seven years. The U.S. Energy Information Administration forecasts that in 2021, the output of coal-fired power will grow by 22 percent from last year to mark the first increase since 2014. The EIA cites higher electricity demand in response to increased economic activity following the easing of coronavirus restrictions. It also says surging natural gas prices have prompted power companies to use more coal, which benefits from relatively stable pricing. In the major coal-producing state of West Virginia, utilities plan to extend the lifespan of coal-fired power plants that are due to be closed down. The administration of President Joe Biden regards climate change measures as a policy priority and aims to reduce the country's dependence on fossil fuels. Participants at the COP26 UN Climate Conference this year agreed to reduce coal-fired power generation. However, the International Energy Agency reports that China and India are using more coal. It forecasts that the global output of electricity generated from the fuel will reach a record high this year.
0: Those reports were from NHK Radio Japan. They are now heard from 8.30 to 9.00 p.m. at 7245 and 9865 or on the web at www3.nhk.or.jp. All the times I announce are for Pacific Standard Time, so please adjust them to your time zone. Next, Radio Havana, Cuba. Extreme rains have hit the northeast of Brazil, causing two dams to fail, leading to deaths and emergencies in 72 cities. A study found that 37% of low-income Brazilians do not have enough food. In El Salvador, three women were released from 30-year prison sentences for having had obstetric emergencies requiring abortions. Israel plans to double the number of settlers living in the occupied parts of the Golan Heights in Syria. The United States Justice Department fined Taylor Energy $43 million for the oil spill that has been leaking for 17 years, 11 miles off the coast of Louisiana. Radio Havana, Cuba.
4: According to a report from regional authorities, the heavy rains that have hit the northeast of Brazil since the end of November have left at least 20 dead, 286 injured, and two missing, in addition to some 16,000 victims in the state of Bahia alone. Governor Costa flew over and visited the municipalities of southern Bahia, where the rains had intensified since last Thursday. He has included 47 municipalities as in an emergency situation due to the recent heavy rains, so the state now has 72 cities in this condition. The measure, announced by Governor Rui Costa during a visit to Ilhaeus, authorised the mobilisation of all state agencies to support disaster response actions and the recovery of cities. The National Institute of Meteorology or INMET and the National Centre for Monitoring and Alert of Natural Disasters, Simardin, maintains the alert for the risk of new floods and landslides in Bahia due to the rains accumulated over the past several days and the forecast of new precipitation. Governor Costa said, quote, It's a gigantic tragedy. I don't remember in the recent history of Bahia that something of these proportions had happened. It's really frightening the number of houses, streets, and localities that are under water. A study by pollster Data Folha has revealed that at least 37% of low-income Brazilians do not have enough food to supply all their family. The survey showed that amongst those covered by the Auxilio Brasil program, the percentages of people who do not have enough to feed their families range between 20 and 35%, depending on the region, with the Northeast being the most affected area. Similarly, amongst the unemployed, one of the sector's hardest hit by the food crisis in Brazil, 45% admitted that food is insufficient sufficient for their families. In El Salvador, three women serving 30 years in prison after the country's strict anti-abortion laws have been released. The three women had been convicted and sentenced to decades behind bars for having obstetric emergencies. El Salvador has had a total ban on abortion since 1998. Dozens have been arrested and imprisoned, accused of inducing abortions after stillbirths, miscarriages, and other obstetric emergencies. The three women's release came after a November ruling from the Inter-American Court of Human Rights Saying El Salvador's government had violated the rights of a woman identified as Manuela, who was arrested in 2008 on charges of provoking an abortion and died in prison two years later. Syria says Israel's plans to double the number of settlers living in Israeli annexed Golan Heights are, quote, dangerous and unprecedented and only perpetuate its occupation of the territory. Israeli Prime Minister Nafti Bennett announced a multi-million dollar plan meant to double the number of settlers living in the region that Israel captured from Syria more than five decades ago. According to the blueprint approved by Israel's cabinet, nearly 7,300 additional housing units will be built on the strategic plateau. Although the U.S. recognized Israel's sovereignty over Golan Heights in 2019, the rest of the international community regards the occupation of the strategic territory to be illegal. A Syrian foreign ministry official stated in Damascus, quote, Syria strongly condemns the dangerous and unprecedented escalation of the Israeli occupational forces in the occupied Syrian Golan Heights and its persistence in settlement policies and grave methodological violations that raise to the level of war crimes. Israel captured the Golan Heights in the 1967 Middle East War and later annexed the territory. Israeli Prime Minister Naftali Bennett said Syria's decade long war has made the idea of Israel control of the territory more acceptable to its international allies, claiming that the alternative would be much worse. The U.S. Justice Department said Louisiana-based Taylor Energy has agreed to pay $43 million in damages and turn over a $432 million cleanup trust fund for an oil leak in the Gulf of Mexico. It has been spilling for 17 years since 2004. The leak began after Hurricane Ivan caused a 40-story oil drilling platform to collapse. Taylor Energy also agreed to drop legal challenges to government cleanup orders over the longest-running spill in U.S. history, given that it will not have to admit liability as part of the settlement. A federal judge still has to approve the deal.
0: Those reports were from Radio Havana Cuba. Cubas website is working well at radio 8 though the podcast links are not updated. On shortwave, Cuba may be heard from noon to 1 p.m. at 15,140 and from 5 p.m. to 11 at either six thousand sixty sixty or 6,100. If you have questions or comments about the shortwave report or could assist me by supporting this listener funded program, I may be reached through the website and PayPal or by writing to Dan Roberts at P.O. Box 1162. Willits, California, 95490. Please help me continue producing this weekly show which I freely distribute to radio stations and the Internet like repeat supporters from Toronto, Ontario, and Upper Lake California did this week. Many, many thanks. We will conclude with Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. Deutsche Welle replayed a few highlights from 2021, including this report on how militaries are exempt from international agreements on cutting greenhouse gas emissions. I was unable to fit this report in when it came out in August. Germany is shutting down most nuclear power plants this week, with the remaining ones going offline in 2022. 43% of Germany's energy comes from renewable sources. Talks over the Iranian nuclear program and sanctions it struggles under are underway in Austria. COVID infections are skyrocketing in Europe. New COVID restrictions came into effect in Germany along with large protests the day before. China is angry over Elon Musk's Starlink satellites nearly colliding with the Chinese space station. The Russian courts shut down two human rights organizations. Anti-apartheid leader Bishop Desmond Tutu passed away and many tributes were broadcast. Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle. As 2021 draws to a close, DW News is looking back
5: at some of our more notable reports from the year. One of them, how militaries are exempt from international agreements on cutting greenhouse gas emissions. DW's Terry Schultz reports.
6: There's a dirty little secret almost every country's keeping, except it's not that little. In many cases, a nation's armed forces are its biggest single emitter of greenhouse gases. But how big is secret? That's allowed under both the Kyoto and Paris climate agreements. Both deals have exempted military forces, based on the argument that adversaries could deduce strategy using emissions data. But with climate catastrophes on the rise, environmental activists insist any credible carbon reduction plan must include these
7: hidden figures. The size of their their fuel use dependency is huge and they've got a huge supply chain. So obviously it's going to make a big difference if they're involved or not involved in these emission reduction
6: targets. Lindsay Cottrell is a researcher at the Conflict and Environment Observatory, one of the groups that's just created a website tracking what little has been voluntarily revealed about military emissions. Missions worldwide. The United States, with the world's highest military spending, is shown as having very significant underreporting. But Brown University's cost of War project, using public data, estimates the U.S. Armed Forces emit more than many industrialized countries, including Sweden or Portugal. Lindsay Cottrell hopes the more the new website publishes, the more the public will push for action.
7: Then the argument will be there that more needs to be done and targets need to be set. The European
6: Union's net-zero plan does not even mention, much less mitigate, military emissions. But at NATO, no less than Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg is trying to green the alliance for NATO's own sake, as well as the planet's. These days, many countries' militaries are increasingly forced to fight natural disasters. Stoltenberg is the first NATO chief to appear at a climate summit. He underscored that NATO leaders agreed in June to the first step in voluntary reductions.
4: Develop a methodology, a framework
6: and agreed uh, mapping uh, uh, structure to count military missions. Former Estonian Defense Minister Riho Teras is skeptical. Allied governments share Stoltenberg's
1: enthusiasm. Well, I don't think it is possible, uh, because then uh, we should uh, be sure that the adversary will do the same thing. I mean, and that would not happen for sure. Or not uh, Russian, no, no, Russia, no, China would uh, would consider that as a priority.
6: NATO's James Apatherai disagrees and is helping craft a plan to present at the alliance's summit next year. So
3: green is gonna be painted across this entire innovation ecosystem to see if we can not help come up with technological solutions. Yes, to reduce greenhouse gas emissions, but also to help our forces operate in what will be a more difficult weather environment. He says there's growing
6: interest even in China and Russia in how armed forces can battle climate change. As the world worries together over shared ecosystems such as the Arctic, the concerns of environmentalists and military strategists may finally be converging. But there's a long way to go, and scientists warn the time we have to get there is already almost up.
3: Germany is saying goodbye to nuclear power. Reactors representing almost half the country's nuclear capacity are due to be shut down by the end of this year. The remainder will be switched off during the course of 2022. It could be seen as the worst possible time to do it, with Europe battling an energy crisis. But the big switch off is being met with glee from anti-atomic activists. Well, to understand what the nuclear phase-out means for Germany, let's just take a look at the country's energy mix. So. In 2020, it was renewable energy sources like wind, solar, biomass and hydro that had increased to provide 43.8% of Germany's energy. Coal is the second most important source with lignite and Hard coal supplying almost a quarter of the electricity here. The German government is actually aiming to close all of its coal plants by 2038 as it reduces carbon emissions. Gas-fired power stations provided 16.1% of Germany's electricity in 2020. And then comes nuclear power plants, which generated 11.3%. But that is obviously about to change, with all Germany's reactors due to be switched off by the end of 2022. So, the world is watching Germany's energy transition as it aims to switch off sources, currently providing almost 40% of its electricity, that's nuclear and coal. Critics say that doing it too soon could lead to blackouts, especially when it's dark and there's no wind blowing. They suggest keeping nuclear power plants running as a stable source of energy.
8: Talks over Iran's nuclear program are resuming in the Austrian capital, Vienna. It's the eighth round of discussions aimed at saving the 2015 agreement, which was meant to stop Tehran from developing nuclear weapons. The talks are between Germany, the UK, France, Russia and China, as well as Iran. Now, since the United States pulled out of the deal in 2018, Tehran has increased its enrichment of uranium and restricted inspectors. Sanctions introduced in response have hit Iran hard, and at present it's shipping less than a quarter of the oil it did in 2018. The drop in exports has meant economic hardship for many Iranians. A spokesperson from the Iranian foreign ministry urged all participants in the talks to strive for an agreement. Here's what he had to say. We advise
3: all the participants in the negotiations to come to Vienna with the will to achieve a good agreement. What is unbearable for the Islamic Republic of Iran is the fact that some parties are mistaken in their calculations, thinking that they can waste the time and energy of others with their campaigns of false denials or falsifying the facts.
5: The Omicron variant is causing skyrocketing rates of COVID-19 infections in countries all around the world. French authorities reported more than 200,000 infections in a single day. It's a new French and European record. Italy and Portugal have also announced record numbers of new cases. And in Poland, authorities recorded nearly 800 deaths in a single day. That's the highest number for that Eastern European country. Three quarters of the deaths were reportedly unvaccinated people. Now, here in Germany, the official rates have dropped, but Health Minister Karl Lauterbach is skeptical that we're seeing the true numbers. He said they could be two to three times as high. And the director general of the World Health Organization, well, he's saying that he's extremely worried about the massive spike in cases driven by a simultaneous spread of both Delta and Omicron variants.
4: Right now, Delta and Omicron are twin threats, that are driving up cases to record numbers, which again is leading to spikes in hospitalizations and deaths. I'm highly concerned that Omicron being more transmissible, circulating at the same time as Delta is leading to a tsunami of cases.
8: New coronavirus restrictions have come into force here in Germany as it attempts to slow the spread of the Omicron variant. With New Year's Eve fast approaching, the government is placing tighter limits on public and private celebrations. It's also urging those still unvaccinated to get the jab. Just before the new restrictions took effect, people protested in cities across the country.
7: (coughs) Hundreds of people demand to pass. Tensions ran high on the streets of Zittau in the eastern state of Saxony on Monday night. Just one of many protests organized across the country against the government's coronavirus restrictions and COVID-19 vaccines. It was a tense but a peaceful protest. In the nearby town of Bautzen, police were attacked with fireworks and bottles as they attempted to break up an unauthorized protest. Authorities reported at least 10 officers injured. In the capital, Berlin, there is little understanding of the violence that has erupted and for those who still refuse to get vaccinated. We all get every mandatory vaccine when we go on holiday without questioning it, so what's happening now is ridiculous. I think it's not necessary to take to the streets and attack police officers to use violence. You should do it peacefully. I don't know if it's the right way, but people probably don't know how else to express themselves. Almost a year to the day after the vaccination campaign started, Berlin Mayor Franziska Giffey visited a Covid-19 intensive care unit. She repeated the government's plea to the quarter of the population still unvaccinated in Germany. Get vaccinated, I can only say it again and again. The people lying here in this hospital, many of them are probably thinking, if only I had done it, perhaps then it would have prevented this from happening.
8: SpaceX founder Elon Musk is facing a social media backlash in China. That's after Beijing said its space station nearly collided with Musk's Starlink satellites. The Chinese foreign ministry says said its station was forced to take evasive action twice, sparking heavy criticism of Musk on China's social media platform Weibo.
5: A day after Russian authorities ordered the closure of Russia's most prominent rights group, Memorial International. A court has shut down the sister organization, the Human Rights Center. The group has campaigned for the rights of political prisoners in Russia, among others. The European Court of Human Rights, which Russia is subject to, has urged Moscow to suspend the decision.
3: South Africa's Archbishop Desmond Tutu is being remembered today as a champion of justice and global human rights. He died on Sunday at the age of 90. Tutu was a key figure in bringing an end to apartheid in South Africa and was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize for his work in 1984. South African President Cyril Ramaphosa announced Tutu's death and he praised him as a leading light in bringing racial equality to the nation.
1: Mourners from all corners of South African society are marking the passing of Archbishop Desmond Tutu.
0: We have lost one of the most illustrious, courageous and beloved amongst us. Archbishop Desmond Tutu was one of our nation's finest patriots. He was a man of unwavering courage, of principled conviction, and whose life was spent in the service of others. He, in many ways, embodied the essence of our humanity. Those reports were from Germany's Radio Deutsche Welle, which may be heard at a combined audio-video website, dw.com, as well as on YouTube at their channel called DW News. One of my goals in producing this show is to encourage people like you to listen to international broadcasts, get a global perspective. Every Thursday evening, I post a new shortwave report at the website for this show that's out farpress.com. At my website, you can also listen to past shows. Please consider making a safe donation online through PayPal. There's a link at my website along with a podcast link and get advice for listening at home. The shortwave report, which is now in its 25th year of production, remains free to rebroadcast upon notification. The shortwave report is produced and distributed off the electrical grid in Northern California, using solar panels. I'm your host and producer, Dan Roberts. Thanks for listening.